You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Pastor Josh Lai and welcome to today's broadcast. It's always a privilege and a joy to come your way. This is Carry Center International. Kindly note this. You can download, subscribe, stream, and share my live transforming messages on the following platforms. Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Audio Rama, and YouTube. You can also follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all these other social media platforms well if you have questions to ask now if you're watching on facebook kindly drop it on the comment section and i'll speedily uh, reply your messages and if you're watching via tv please note this you can send your questions to joshlai at icloud.com j-o-s-h-l-a-r-y-e-a at iCloud.com and I'll definitely reply you no matter what your concerns are. Thank you. For some time now, we've been talking about the excellent culture. The excellent culture. Now, the excellent culture is part of the series I've been doing uh, that is called the Jesus Culture. In other words, when you become a believer, you are introduced to a certain life in Christ Jesus. And so what I'm trying to do is to open up to us gradually the life that Christ expects us to live. In other words, we are already wired to live the kingdom life. Now, with regards to the excellent culture, the word excellent means great honorable, majestic, different, something or somebody that stands out, but then it must come from God or emanate from God, okay? So it is not just about seeing things that look orderly on the outside. It must come from God. So things that God does that is beautiful, and that's exactly why the spirit that is in you, the Holy Spirit, is called the excellent spirit. That's why Jesus is said to have an excellent name. Why? His name is above every name. His name is above every name and had an excellent ministry because his ministry is above every other ministry. Excellent. And that's the life because we are his. That's the life we are also expected to live, the excellent life, which is the glorious life all right okay now how do we live this excellent life for which we are already made to be so it's just like somebody who has so much muscles but they don't even know what they have so what do they do they go to the gym and they press the metals and by pressing the metals they push out 
those muscles that are already inside. The believer is made up of powerful, powerful spiritual muscles. That's an excellent life that glorifies God, that beautifies God's creation, a life that attracts people to Jesus. It's called the excellent life. And that excellent spirit is already in them. So there's a way to exercise so that that excellent spirit in them will manifest on the outside for everybody to see. Number one, I said you have to be a student of the word. I actually don't understand why people pick and choose where to read in the Bible. Meanwhile, when they pick a storybook or they pick their textbook, they make sure they read right from page one or introduction to the end. In the same way, we have to handle the Bible. That's our textbook. That's our book for the next life. And so it's very key for you to understand that if you want to live into the next life and appropriate all the things that Jesus has done, be a student of the word. In the word, you are trained to live the life of righteousness. You are exhorted, you are rebuked, and you know the boundaries for which God wants you to live within. And it helps you do the will of God and you are sensitive to what God wants you to do and what he doesn't want you to do. Now, the next thing to do is prayer. You pray, and you also pray in the Spirit. Praying the Spirit is very key because God, by His Spirit, prays with you against things that oppose your prayer or things that are not in the will of God. And then He prays how you ought to pray with you. And so, whilst you are looking at the facial, you're looking at the shadow. And you don't understand the depth of your desire or your request. The Holy Spirit helps you pray in the will of God. And intercede so powerfully with groanings that cannot be altered. Okay. He also makes sure that in prayer your will is submitted and aligned with his will. So you are sensitive to him. So you are not doing just what you want to do. But in prayer you are sensitized to do what God wants you to do. To live that excellent life. Number three, fasting. I said that you don't fast because you need material things. No, that's not the reason for fasting. The believer does not fast that way. Everything that pertains to life and godliness has already been given. It's in the past, been given to you. Okay, you appropriate them by request, by prayer. That's it. You don't need to fast. Jesus didn't fast for things. No, Jesus fasted for devotion. Okay, to give attention to the one who has sent him so that every information he needs, whatever he needs to do, so that he can continue. His spirit is energized and exercised to always continue with what has, he has been called to do, to prepare him for the work that he has been giving so he can do accordingly in the will of God. So it's very key to understand this. You don't fast to ask for forgiveness. No. Your sins has already been dealt with on the cross by Christ Jesus. So you don't fast to ask him to forgive you. No, you don't do that. It's an upfront to the blood of Jesus and to the work of redemption. You also don't fast to ask for increase in power. You are the fullness of the Holy Ghost living right inside of you. No, you only fast so that in your fasting, Everything that was distracting you from your flesh to your surroundings, you are able to get away from them 
so that you can actually fix your gaze on Jesus. Reading, studying the word, praying so that you can understand more of him, know more of him and be sensitive to his will. And that's why today we're going to look at fasting and consecration. Fasting and consecration. All right. Now, can we pray? Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for the release of your word from my spirit. May I speak as the oracles of God. May I speak with grace that only you, God, supplies. At the end of this, I see a transformed life. Jesus, be glorified and we be edified. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if we were asked uh, uh, about the word holy, I'm, I'm sure that for most of us, we'll be found wanting. Because as believers, we, we use a lot of terms that we normally don't have understanding to. And we have a lot of cliches that we use, and they are popular. But we really don't have a grasp on their meanings. And do you know what the word holy means? Um, how, how does God look at holiness? And what is God's standard established for the term holy? And so we're going to look into this and then we're going to get into other stuff. How fasting is connected to consecration. Now, in the definition of uh, the word holy, the first occurrence in the Bible in the Hebrew, is found in the third chapter of Exodus. And I'm going to read the New American Standard Bible. Exodus chapter 3, verse 5. Exodus chapter 3, verse 5. Then he said, do not come here, near here, sorry. Remove your sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. So you and I know that this is Moses' encounter with God on the mount. And, 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 and in that particular moment, you realize that God exerted his presence in a place. And so far as the presence of God was there, that place was set apart. So in the first use of the word, you see a place set apart because of the presence of God. And that's how the word Kodesh was used as the word holy. In other words, it means apartness, holiness, sacredness, or separateness. So the word holy is the word to set apart. Now in Exodus 19 verse 5 to 6, we find the second Hebrew word translated holy. Exodus 19 5 to 6. I'm still reading from the New American Standard Bible. Now then, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession among all the peoples. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. So you see the word holy being used for a nation, Israel. And why are they going to be holy? 
because God sets them apart for himself and devotes them to his purpose, dedicates them to his purpose. So he said, you shall be my possession and then you'll be to me king, a kingdom of priests and then a holy nation. So the word used there is the word kadosh. In other words, it defines a people dedicated or devoted to a particular purpose. A people dedicated or devoted to a particular purpose. In other words, God chose and set apart the Israelites and made them his own. And therefore, they are devoted and dedicated to God and for God's use and for God's purposes. Now, the next time the word was used differently was in Exodus 20, 18. We find the third Hebrew word translated holy. In Exodus 20, verse 8. And this is the fourth commandment in the great law or in the law of Moses. Commonly known as the Ten Commandments. Exodus 20, 8. Reading from the New American Standard Bible. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And you remember the Sabbath day, the day God rested on the seventh day. That is actually the meaning of the word Sabbath. And it was actually pointing to Jesus who is going to become our rest, our Shabbat. So it was pointing to the way of salvation and how man will live in God's rest forever through Christ Jesus. Okay, and then man will be devoted and dedicated for God's purposes to be used by God for holy purposes. Praise God. Okay, so let's get to the New Testament and then we'll come back to this. Now, the New Testament uses the word holy and the the word used there is hagios, hagios, hagios. It means to set apart reverend, sacred, and worthy of veneration. Now, this word applies to God himself. And like I said from the beginning, that the moment God comes on a situation with his presence, whatever he touches is set apart. You know, and that's exactly what it is. He sets it apart for himself. Okay? Okay, so that's exactly what the word looks to mean also in the New Testament. Hagias, worthy of veneration, separate, sacred, transcendent, revered, set apart from every created thing. Now, today you and I have entered into God's rest, God's Shabbat. Okay? So we know the Kadash. And we are separated for God's holy use. And this is very key. How are we holy? How did we enter into the rest? We are holy by the finished work of Christ Jesus. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 3 tells us clearly. I'm reading from the Living Bible. For only we who believe God 
can enter into his place of rest. So we entered into God's place of rest by believing. Look at what he says. I'm continuing Hebrews 4.3. He has said, I have sworn in my anger that those who don't believe me will never get in. Even though he has been ready and waiting for them since the world began. The Hebrews writer was quoting Numbers. When Moses sent the Israelites 12 spies to go and spy the land, Canaan land, the land that actually depicts God's rest, depicts salvation. They were to enter therein believing. But when they went to spy the land, 12 went. 10 did not believe. 2, Joshua and Caleb believed. And God was angry and God said that the 10 and their descendants will not enter into his rest. Why did they not enter? They did not believe. And so the Hebrew writer says, for us who believe, who do we believe? What do we believe? We believe in Jesus Christ and his finished work of redemption. And that gets us into God's rest. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 11, the living Bible says, let us do our best to go into that place of rest too. Let us do our best. To go into that place of rest too. How do we do that? Being careful not to disobey God as the children of Israel did. So he categorically makes us understand how the people of Israel disobeyed God. We read that in Hebrews 4.3. They disobeyed God by not believing. By not believing, therefore they failed to enter into God's rest. And so you can see that we as believers, Jesus has become our Shabbat, our Sabbath. And we hallow the work of redemption and that gets us into his rest. And so we are called holy as believers, not because we did something right or we did something wrong. We are called believers because we belong to the Lord. How did we belong to the Lord? We believed in the work of redemption by Christ Jesus. So it is not what you did wrong or what you do wrong that makes you, uh, that makes you unholy or holy. It is because you believed. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 11. Living Bible. We who have been made holy by Jesus now. So specifically, categorically, he stated, we have been made holy by Jesus now. Look at what he says. Have the same father he has. So now we and Jesus carry the same DNA. We carry the same genes. We carry the same blueprint. His father is our father. Why? Because we were given birth by the same. And therefore, if Jesus is holy, he says, you are holy. You are holy. Look at what he continues to say. He says, that is why Jesus is not ashamed to call us his brothers. Why? Because you and I are the same species from the same order. 
from the same gene. Praise God. Hebrews 3.11. Living Bible. Therefore, dear brothers, whom God has set apart for himself. Whom God has set apart for himself. Whom God has chosen for himself. The next says, you who are chosen for heaven. So you already made heaven. You have been set apart. And you have been chosen for heaven. I want you to think now about this Jesus. Don't think about your faults. Don't think about what went wrong. Let your focus be on this Jesus and who he is. Listen, who is God's messenger and the high priest of our faith? So you don't focus on your wrongs. You don't focus on your rights. You focus by faith on Jesus who is God sent. And number two, who is the high priest. Now the Hebrew writer was speaking to Jewish audience. So they understood what the high priest does. That the high priest atones for the sins of the people when he goes to God in the tabernacle. In the holies of holies. So they understood when he was using the term high priest. Okay, so what it means is that Jesus atoned for our sins. He actually displays the power of death. And now you are in into eternity. You have become God's possession. You have been dedicated to God as God's special breed. So don't think about your surroundings. Don't think about things happening around you. Think about what Christ has done. Let your focus be on that. Okay, so when we say consecration, what do we mean? We mean sanctification or dedication. It means that you and I have been dedicated to God. So God has already dedicated us to himself in Christ Jesus. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 to 4 actually speaks to this. I'm reading from the Living Bible. How we praise God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every blessing in heaven because we belong to Christ. He has blessed you because you belong to Christ. You are blessed with every blessing. Every inheritance in Christ Jesus is yours because you belong to him, because you are dedicated to him, because you are devoted to him, because you have been separated for him. You are of him. And he said this was done long ago, even before he made the world. So right from Genesis 1, you were in God's mind to redeem you and to make you his own. That was his plan for you. That you will not achieve this by yourself. No, it is the work of God. The sovereign plan of God for mankind. God is good. 
God is kind. God is merciful. Look at what he says. He says, God chose us to be his very own through what Christ would do for us. So it's been God's plan long ago that he would choose us to be his very own through what Christ would do for us. He decided then to make us holy in his eyes. Don't you love this? Holy in his eyes without a single fault. Wow. We who stand before him covered with his love. You are not covered with condemnation. You are not covered with judgment. You are covered with the love of Christ. The love of God covers you. The love of God is poured on you. The grace of God and the favor of God is poured on you. When God looks at you, he laughs. When God looks at you, he has a crush on you. When God looks at you, he smiles. You are God's joy. Covered with love. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 11 I'm reading from the living Bible. It says, there was a time when some of you were just like that. But how your sins are washed away. Hallelujah. And you are set apart for God. And he has accepted you. He will accept you. He may accept you. No. He has accepted you. Because of what the Lord Jesus Christ and the Spirit of our God have done for you. So you have been accepted. Before God, you are holy. Before God, you are clean. Before God, there's no single fault on you. You are what he made you. And God is the same yesterday, today, forever. So no one can alter this. What God has done is permanent. No man can add to it. No man can take away from it. God does it that men will fear him. That is what God has made you. Jesus said before he, even he would die to his disciples in John 15, 3 to 4. Even before he would die, he made them understand. He said, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So nobody can work good. Nobody can do good. Nobody can live holy unless he has made them holy. So he first makes you holy. He wires you with that blueprint. And then you can obey and walk in his statues and be like him and talk like him and sing like him and dress like him and behave like him and do stuff like him because that is what you have been made that's why there's an aspect of sanctification where God calls you to be holy okay he calls you to be holy because we don't live holy to be holy no we live holy because this is what God has made us in Christ so we are not living holy to be holy no 
we are already been made holy. We have already been accepted, but we live holy because that is our nature. That is what God has made us. So if you see Peter, in 1 Peter 1, 14, 15, calling us to holiness, you would understand. Obey God. I'm reading from the Living Bible. 1 Peter 1, 14 to 15. Obey God because you are his children. Do you get it now? Obey God because obedience has become your nature. Why? Because you are God's children. You are from God. You are God's blueprint. And so he said, don't slip back into your old ways. Doing evil because you knew no better. Then you were wired differently. Then you were of your father, the devil. But now you are of God and he has made you holy and therefore you have the capacity for it. That is your nature. And so he said, be ye holy now in everything you do just as the Lord are you getting the point? Is holy. Who invited you to be his child? Praise God. In other words, he made you his own and wired you and gave you that capability and all the empowerment and everything in, in you tilts towards that. That is your nature now. You walk in holiness. It's just like the nature of a pig. The nature of a pig is filth. And so the piglet is wired to filth. So the nature of God is holiness. And so his children are holy. So we are naturally holy. <laughs> we can only behave because of the DNA we carry. So we behave the DNA we carry. You can never try making the, the pig clean, it will go back into the mud because that is the pig. That's why there's no way an unbeliever can try. He can try it in several ways, character modification and call it several things because you see sin just in one way. Sin <laughs> is bigger than the way you see it. Sin is unbelief in Christ. And so we are the children of God. And because we're the children of God, we carry his image. And so who he is, is what we have become. That's why 1 Peter 2, 9, we say, but you are not like that. For you have been chosen by God himself. You are priests of the king. You are holy and pure. Hallelujah. You are God's very own. All this so that you may show to others how God has called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. So you have been made holy, dedicated to God, for holy purposes. 
so that you will show your world what stuff, what gene, what DNA, what blueprint you have been made of. That's why you are different from your world. So you are living holy not to become holy or to get holier. You are living holy because that is what he made you. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says that, For it is from God alone that you have your life through Christ Jesus. So it's because you and I are from God. We came from God. He says he showed us God's plan of salvation. He was the one who made us acceptable to God. He made us pure and holy and gave himself to purchase our salvation. So you see, we can obey and be holy because we are lives that came from him who is holy. Therefore, you cannot be in Christ, listen, and be unholy. It's not possible. You cannot be in Christ for somebody to call you or label you as unholy. No. If somebody calls you unholy, they don't know you. Because your, your nature has nothing to do with what you didn't do. Your nature has nothing to do with what you didn't do. There are people who actually are in certain professions. And they know this is their profession. But they are not living the tenets of their profession. Does that mean that they don't be belong to that profession? They belong to the profession, but they are not living according to the standards of their profession. So they are either living in ignorance. They lack the knowledge of the profession they are in. So you see, when a believer lacks knowledge and understanding, and a believer is ignorant, they can fall prey to certain things that are ungodly. But it doesn't make them unholy. It doesn't change who they are. It doesn't change their nature. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 18. I'm still reading from the Living Bible. When someone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person inside. So you see, he becomes a brand new person inside. So you are a brand new person inside. You are holy. He's not the same anymore. A new life has begun. All these new things are from God who brought us back to himself through what Christ Jesus did. And God has given us the privilege of urging everyone to come into his favor and to be reconciled to him. Praise God. So everything that he has done is brand new from the inside. So you need to know who he has made you. Understand how brand new you are. And begin to walk in that brand newness. The days of your life. So that you would enjoy all the privileges of this brand newness for which you have been made. So if you may or may not do that 
is because you lack some knowledge. You lack some understanding. But when the understanding dawns on you, like I am sharing right now, and you know who you are, you begin to walk confidently day by day, gradually, and everybody sees you and they will see the difference because you now understand your nature and you know who you are inside and it is showing on the outside. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 24 Living Bible says yes you must be a new and different person. Holy and good. Watch what the word Clothe yourself with this new nature. So, like he said in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, 18, he says that you are a brand new person inside. So he says, what you have been made inside, wear the uniform on the outside. So you see, you have actually been made. And this is how you've been made. You are ness. A ness. You are a policeman. You are a doctor. It's on the inside. Now wear the uniform and let everybody know where you belong to. Let everybody know what you have been made. Clothe yourself with the nature for which you have been born. Praise God. So you can't be a doctor and then you are wearing the, the uniform of a policeman. It's conflicting. Okay? But when you get the understanding, you begin to live accordingly. 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 Okay, so get this clear. You can never be made unholy. No. You are holy. But sometimes it's because you lack the understanding, the knowledge. And then you miss the mark. So you cannot be in Christ and want to be holy. Said, I want to be holy. How can you want what you already Ah. Say, I want to be holy. No, you are already holy. That's what you have been made. Okay, so what do we do when we say that we, 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 we are living a life of godliness? Or we say that consecration, what do we call it? What do we call it? Listen to me very carefully. Our part is to call and treat that which God has called holy holy. Our part is to call and treat that which God has called holy, holy. Don't forget the word. Kadosh and Kadash. The first one is Kodesh, which means a place. That has been set apart. The second one has to do with a people and a nation that is set apart and devoted, dedicated to God for his particular purpose. 
and then the Sabbath, which is the day, and the Lord sets it apart and says we should keep it holy. So you and I have entered into the rest of God. And what God has made us, he says we should keep it what? Holy. And use it for holy purposes. <laughs> that is what you call consecration. And we do this in our thoughts, in our talk, in our conduct, in our works. Okay? So if you read a scripture like, like 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 1 to 8, it speaks categorically calling us to live what we have been made. Okay? To live what we have been made. It doesn't make us unholy. No, he's calling us to live our real nature. So we don't live something else apart from what we have been called to and what we have been made. Praise God. Okay, 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 to 8. I'm reading from the Living Bible. He said, let me add this, dear brothers. You already know how to please God in your daily living. For you know the commands we gave you. You see what he said? You already know how to what? Please God in your daily living. Because you know how you've been made. And you know that you've been made for holy purposes. So you are wired for that and that's how you live. You know. You know. So he said, now we beg you. You see? How Apostle Paul approaches. Now we beg you. We admonish you. Yes, we demand of you in the name of the Lord Jesus. That you live more and more closely to that ideal. Are you getting the point? So you live to the ideal of what you have been made. And it will definitely be based on the level of your knowledge and understanding of how you have been made. For God wants you to be holy. For God wants you to live what he has made you and be pure and keep clear of sexual sin so that each of you will marry in holiness and honor. Not in lustful passion as the heathen do. And in their ignorance of God and in his ways. So he's mentioned certain things there. And what he's saying is that you can't live like this. Because that is not your nature. You can only live like this when you and I are ignorant of who we are. Okay? Yes. So you are still holy, but you are living a life that does not correspond with who you are. All right. So he's calling us away from what we are not to walk in who we are and what we have been made. He said, This is also God's will that you never cheat in this matter by taking another man's wife. Because the Lord will punish you terribly for this. And if we, and as we have solemnly told you before, 
For God has not called us to be dirty minded and full of lust, but to be holy and clean. Don't forget that God has called us to use us for holy purposes. And that's why he, God, is holy and he made us holy and therefore we are devoted and dedicated for holy uses and holy purposes. Praise God. He said, if anyone refuses to live by these, he is not obeying the rules. He's not disobeying the rules of men, but of God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. Praise God. So the Holy Spirit, you see, he did never said the Holy Spirit is taking away from you. No. He said the same Holy Spirit that lives in you has actually given you the requirements of living. And by the power of the Holy, that's why it's called Holy Spirit, you have the ability to do what I'm telling you to do. Because the Holy Spirit lives in you. Okay, so get it clear. We are not living this way. To be accepted. We are not obeying his instructions to be accepted. We have already been accepted. We are walking according to what or who he called us, which is his will. Praise God. If you read 1 John chapter 3, verse 9, he also admonishes us and says, The person who has been born into God's family does not make a practice of sinning because now God's life is in him. So he can't keep on sinning. For this new life has been born into him and controls him. He has been born again. So you, it's, 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 it's like conflicting images. It's, it's, it's like he's telling you, you are better than this. That, that is not you. That is not my son. That is not my daughter. So you see how you can look at your son and you know that this is the quality of your son. This is the quality of your daughter. And you know what stuff they are made of. You know how blessed they are. You know how talented they are. And you are seeing them living in another way that is conflicting who they really are. And you are calling them back to tell them, no, that is not who you are. You are living a lie. You are living this. It's the, it's the uh, um, copy, uh, what do you call it? Uh, fake. Come back to your original. This is your original. This is who you have been made. This is how God wired you and live that life. That is what brings you joy. That's what brings you fulfillment. Because when you live the way you have been wired, you always live in joy and in rest. Romans 6.13 Do not let any part of your bodies become tools of wickedness. To be used for sinning. But give yourselves completely to God. Every part of you. For you are back from death. And you want to be tools. In the hands of God. To be used for his good purposes. Praise God. So we are being called to the reason. 
for which we were made the way we were made to be used for holy purposes. So we don't use our bodies for other things for which they are not meant for. They are meant to be used for holy purposes. So what really makes the believer sin? I introduced that earlier. I said we struggle with wrong desires. It's because mostly it's the distractions of the self. The distractions of the self. And also ignorance. Ignorance. Ignorance of God's word. For lack of knowledge, my people perish. And so what are we to do? We learn to treat ourselves as holy unto God. That's what Jesus did in prayer in the garden of Gethsemane. When he said the spirit is, weak, is, is, is willing but the flesh is weak. And then he prayed one hour. He realized that still the flesh was speaking and was trying to raise itself above the spirit. That is his spirit. Okay, to align with the will of God. He went back, prayed again. He went back and prayed again for the third time until he was able to overcome his flesh so that who he really is will show up so that he will live the will of God. So Jesus died in prayer. Okay, and make sure that the distractions of the flesh was dealt with so that he will live the real nature in the will of God for which he came. And that's why he was able to go to the cross. And that's why we pray. We pray into devotion. We fast into devotion. We study the word into devotion. So that our will will subside. That the will of God will prevail in us. When Jesus prayed for the first time. And he was saying what he was saying. That the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. All he was saying is that. It looks like I love what my will says. But I know the real me. The real me is what he wants me to do and therefore I will not succumb to it because I know who I am I know who I have been made to be and I want to live that and therefore I won't allow that to prevail so he went again into prayer to make sure that it was dealt with so that he will leave his original copy and not leave the carbon copy no he wants to leave the, the original and not the fake praise God there's this scripture. Second Timothy chapter 2. Verse 20 to 22. In a wealthy home, there are dishes. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Made of gold and silver as well as some made from wood and clay. The expensive dishes are used for the guest. No, sorry, this is the living Bible. The expensive dishes are used for the guest and the cheap ones are used in the kitchen or put in garbage. If you stay away from sin, you will be like one of these dishes made of purest gold, the very best in the house. So that Christ himself can use you for his highest purposes. Run from anything that gives you the evil thoughts that young men often have. But stay close to anything that makes you want to do right. 
have faith and love and enjoy the companionship of those who love the Lord and have pure hearts. So, Apostle Paul is admonishing his son in the Lord, Timothy, that listen, in the salvation family, we have all been called to honor. But then when a man decides not to understand who they have been made to, they become a vessel of dishonor. So they cannot be used for good things. Is it because they have been made unholy? No. Is it because God has rejected them? No. What it is, is because sin makes us not to be sensitive to the will, to the plans, and to the purposes of God. So you see, God has his attention, his love, and everything still pouring on us, but sin will not allow us to be able to see, to know, to understand, to discern, and to enjoy all the benefits that he has for us. And that's why he's calling his son Timothy to have an understanding that live the original that you have been made so that you can avail yourself for God to use you to the uttermost so that you will actually be exactly what he called you to be. So what he means is that when a believer sings, they are still holy, but they lose out on God's will, his plans, purposes for their lives. And for the body of Christ and for the world at large. Hence, they are not of much use for God. That's why Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. is one scripture that has been misunderstood so terribly for a very long time. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing, by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that which is good and acceptable and is the perfect will of God. Now, in the Greek, the word present is actually the word recognize. Recognize. So if you want to read it, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you recognize your bodies as a living, or your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Which is your reasonable service. So you must just recognize that your body is holy. And it's a living sacrifice. And God accepts it. And it is your reasonable sacrifice. That is why you don't have to conform to the things of the world. 
but rather live in the transformation by the renewing of your mind as you hear the word of God, as you pray, as you fast, as you exercise the spirit with the fellowship of the brethren, you know that this is what I have been made of. So what it means is that you are already acceptable to God to dwell in. That is why God still lives in you. So what we have to do is to just recognize that so that we can be of use, we can be of service to God. That's why Apostle Paul would tell the Corinthian church, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Don't you know that your body is already a living sacrifice? Your body is holy. Your body is acceptable. So you can use it for other things because this is who you are. God lives in you. Peter will summarize it and tell us our duty to God in 1 Peter 1, 14 to 19. Reading from the New American Standard Bible. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former last, which were yours in your ignorance. But like the Holy One called you. Like the Holy One called you. Like the Holy One made you. Be holy yourselves also. In all your behavior. Because it is written. You shall be holy. For I am holy. And if you are dressed as father. The one who impartially judges according to each man's work, conduct yourselves in reverence during the time of your stay upon this earth, knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life, but you were inherited, sorry, inherited from your forefathers, but with the precious blood as of a lamb, unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. So what is the role of fasting and prayer and consecration? Just like the word, just like prayer, just like fellowship, which is the gathering of the brethren, must help us and remind us of who we are so we can call ourselves the right name. And live who we are, so does fasting. Fasting helps us. It brings us into devotion with God. From all distractions. So he gains our attention to live out the excellent life. Romans 15.4 tells us that for whatsoever was written before, we're written for our learning. So that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures, we might have a hope. 1 Corinthians 10, 11 says, Now all these things happened to them as examples. And they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages came. Exodus tells us that Moses fasted. It was for our example. 40 days and 40 nights. He did it without water. And in the end, the goodness of God passed over him. And that's how the Ten Commandments were written. Elijah also went 40 days, 40 nights. And he heard the still small voice of God. Because they were 
they went away from, from, from place, time, desires to gain, listen, to give, sorry, God their attention. To give God their attention. Jesus did the same. In Luke chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted 40 days by the devil. And in those days, he ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. What did they do? Why did they do? They fasted into devotion for deeper consciousness of God, deeper convictions of him, deeper consecration with him, deeper commitment to the work and to the beatings of the Lord Jesus. In Acts chapter 13, verse 1 to 3, now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simon, who was called Niger, Lysias and Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. Watch this. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. As they moved away from all and gazed, they heard the Holy Spirit speak. They had clarity of direction. And the Holy Spirit said to them, separate for me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work that I have called them. And by that, Look at the chunk of work Apostle Paul did. That is what has brought us here today. Testifying of all the great works. Because they fasted and they prayed. They took time away. Of all distractions. Of the appetite of food. And their appetite was the Lord. Fasting makes you have an appetite for him. Your, he becomes your appetite. The Lord becomes your appetite. Your appetite is full of him. Your passion is full of him. Your pursuit is full of him. You gaze on him. You hold fast on him. He becomes your focus. That is why we fast. It's a spiritual exercise unto godliness. Unto living the original for which we have been called. Today, as a believer, take time to fast. As a church, as a ministry, take time to fast. If you're a Christian organization, corporation, take time to fast. These are spiritual exercises that are very important for us to live who we have been called. Wherever you see, Apostle Paul talk about fasting or prayer. You see that he will talk about he will talk about lustful desires because it stands in the way of our calling. I pray that you will starve your flesh to exercise your spirit. 
as you walk in the original for which God has called you. You have been made holy and nothing and nobody can make you unholy. You are blessed and live the holy life for which you have been called. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all and I definitely get to see you again. I love you. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Bye. Grace, glorious grace. At the cross, you called it finished. Thank you for listening to Grace Bills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor, Caris Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Caris Center International, living heaven on earth.